0: Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. I'm your host, Sal Vetri, and we're going to take a First look at the NFC-AFC Championship weekend in the NFL. We're down to four teams. The Tennessee Titans will take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, while the Green Bay Packers will travel to San Fran for the second time this year, hoping for a better result than last time, as they will compete in the NFC Championship. Both spreads pretty much hovering around a seven-point touchdown favorite for the home team Chiefs and the home team San Francisco 49ers. Before we get into this video, I do want to apologize if there is difference in, probably not the audio, maybe my personal voice losing my voice during that Packer game yesterday, but also just if there's anything visually, I'm working without my normal lighting on travel kit right now in New Jersey for the next day. And then I'll be back to the normal studio. So apologize for that on the audio version, how those ears doing. Nothing should be different for you. The audio is all the same using the exact same equipment. Please do hit that subscribe button before we get into it. A couple more weeks of the NFL two, three. I'm going to definitely cover the Pro Bowl. Why not? Why not? They're going to have a very good prize pool like they did last year, I would imagine, especially with the industry growing. So i going to cover the next three weeks of the NFL and then some offseason stuff. So hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, the biggest thing of all, approaching 19,000 subscribers. Thank you each and every one of you. Thank you to all the patrons as well. If you are a patron, appreciate you so much. If you want to become a patron, you can do so by clicking the link down below. That's where my exclusive content lives all throughout the week. Projections, exclusive podcast episodes, live streams, and a lot more goes on over there. And all All different sports. So check it out. I'm an independent content creator. That is where uh, that is what keeps the lights on. I will say. So thank you. And lastly, Drafters.com is what's going to be sponsoring this NFL video today. Drafters is an online snake draft format. If you're similar with playdraft to draft.com, you know those best ball leagues, that site is no longer going to be alive, at least for 2020, it's not going to be they announced. So Drafters is the next best thing. And I think it's a very good site. And I've been playing on it a lot. Played this past weekend, had some really good t- tournaments. It takes like five or ten minutes to actually make the drafts and they're fun to go through. it's not salary-based, it makes it a more level playing field. So check it out. If you use the promo code sal 100 SAL 100, you will get a 100% deposit bonus up until your next entry, up to $50. So helps me, but also helps you. So subscribe button, all that stuff. Let's get into this video. We're going to take a first look. So right up behind me on the screen, I just have my Vegas dashboard pretty much. I don't usually show this, but there's just two games uh, just to kind of get you a first look at what's happening here. If you're watching later in the week and tuning in, um, pretty much Kansas City opened up as a seven and a half point home favorite, 29.75 team implied total. Tennessee, kind of shocking, maybe 22.25 team implied total for them. So, I was definitely shocked to see the 52 overrun there in that one. Tennessee getting a lot of points. Makes sense. I mean, KC's not the greatest of defenses. You saw that with Houston last week. But it's not like Tennessee has the greatest of weapons on offense, although they'll be more freed up than they were the last two weeks versus a pretty elite secondaries in New England and Baltimore. And then San Fran at home opens up as seven-point favorites over the Packers, who actually have the lowest total on the slate. The Packers have a 19-team total kind of makes sense when you factor in just how good the san francisco 49ers team is and the lack of weapons outside of uh, aaron jones and Devontae adams that aaron Rodgers actually has to utilize Would be very interesting to see how rookie head coach matt lafleur who's now taking his team to this nfc championship game the final four if you will kind of utilizes the personnel that he does have to make this game one competitive but two a chance to get to the super bowl san fran has a 26 team implied total the faster-paced game will be Kansas City and Tennessee based on paper. Um, San Fran likes to run the ball. You imagine the Packers are going to try and run the ball. Uh, but based on the way Tennessee is playing as of late, I think these games are going to be very neutral in pace. Let's get into my quarterback early interest right now. So, again, this is just a first look. I will have the final look video out. This game is a Sunday, or this slate is Sunday only, so I'll probably have the final look video out on Friday of this week. So be sure to check back in then. But it's pretty simple for me this week. These games there's not much difference between a lot of them. Uh, For me, it it becomes very simple, and it's just, as it was last week, I ended up with 70% at the end of the day of Patrick Mahomes. I ended up with, I believe, 20% of uh, Deshaun Watson, and I think I had like 5% Rodgers and 5% Lamar. I'm going to probably be, be... probably be pretty close to 100% locking in Patrick Mahomes. The only reason I'm not is Jimmy Garoppolo comes in as my second interest where he's 5200 He's $2,500 less than Patrick Mahomes. That is significant on a two-game sleep. That is the difference between being able to roster the Tyreek Hills plus the Devonte Adams plus the uh, Damian Williams, Derrick Henry's, right? All of those guys, it, it's a $2,500 difference is big. Uh, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't come out here against a weak Tennessee pass rush and weak secondary and at home, he should. But that's 29.75 team implied total. By all accounts, it, it seems very much so that Patrick Mahomes should be able to. Um, do whatever he wants in this matchup here. As I'm just editing one thing. There we go. Uh, and and I do believe he will at 7700 It's a fair price point. Only comes up $200, two-game slate. Uh, I don't think he's going to reproduce the 40-plus point performance of the five touchdowns, the 300-plus passing yards trailing by 24 points, but the 300-plus passing yards, I think, is definitely in question for that bonus. The three touchdowns, I think, is definitely in question. I mean, you did have Damian Williams having three touchdowns, two on the ground, one in the air, but he only had 14 touches. They, they were trailing that whole game, but even when they were ahead by 20, they had no um, concerns about trying to run the ball, and that's been Andy Reed philosophy forever so I'm not really sure, um, and this Kansas City team in general, I'm not really sure if I if I see another quarterback coming close to Mahomes, um, and that's the issue here. Like Tennessee, again, outside the top 22 in both pass rush and coverage, a strong offensive line matchup for Patrick Mahomes, similar to last week. He's going to have time to throw with his weapons that hopefully Tyreek Hill will be getting healthy. He came back into that game. If nothing's going to get bruised up, you saw Sammy Watkins take over and look really good. I mean, even Blake Bell and Indian and Yelder, the, the tight ends behind uh, Travis Kelsey, who was banged up during that game, were producing as well. Blake Bell getting into the end zone, so offense is clicking on all cylinders. I don't think Tennessee is going to be really able to just force them out of their style of play because of how just dominating they are on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Seven point favorites at home. I do like this. Yeah, Mahomes is my favorite quarterback. He is a yes for me. Um, It's a hard spot. If if he goes out there and puts up 25 to 30 fantasy points, I would be hard pressed to say that another quarterback comes around half of his points. If, If Mahomes drops 30, I'd be very surprised if another quarterback on this league went for 20-plus. Um, they're not going to project for that for me. Mahomes is going to project for around 25 to 24. The only thing is if you think the salary difference is there. I'm not going to get to Aaron Rodgers. I originally, when I first was doing these sheets this morning, um, had Aaron Rodgers as a maybe. 6100 It's a nice price point. But look, Balaga's health is going to be important. He actually left the first game versus San Fran, and they were just getting pressure nonstop. Balaga did not play this past week. He played like one or two snaps, and then his illness, he was too weak, the flu, whatever it might have been. So you get a top-five pass rush in San Fran, top-two secondary that has just been elite, and the weapons for the Packers are really bad. The Packers were running a ton of 13 personnel last week, three tight end sets. That's what um that's what Devontae Adams scored his long touchdown in the second half on, uh, the only Packers touchdown in the second half. It looked good. It was confusing them. I think you're going to have to run those 13 personnel sets again, but that doesn't really bode well for the upside of Rodgers when you have three tight ends on the field, potentially two running backs on the field with Jamal Williams-Moore, only played nine snaps last week, and Aaron Jones, who played pretty much all of the snaps at running back, had 22 touches. It's not a good spot for the screen-based team offense's weapons. This is a game where Aaron Rodgers has to survive. Like He has to throw 25 to 30 times. Aaron Jones, Jamal Lakers have to get going on the ground. He'll be utilizing Devontae Adams, of course, right? He's going to continue to run. 32 routes last week was the most this past weekend. Um, Double more than anybody else in the Packers. Alan Lazard got hurt. The second wide receiver is now hurt. That that is not great. It looked like a really bad injury. Um, He did return to the game, but was very, very limited. Some sort of rib or back injury. These weapons for the Packers are just so undermatched here. Um, by all accounts, it's going to be a game where they're they're trying to have a low-scoring game and win. And I think the only way the Packers do come out victorious is if that happens. So I don't really have any interest in Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, although it should be a fun game. Jimmy Grant, Jimmy G, or Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the only other San Francisco 49er that or only other quarterback that I'll have interest in at 5,200. It's just because he's so cheap. Like, he's cheaper than Ryan Tannehill. And I get it. Like, he only threw 19 times last week. They threw six times on the opening drive and then 13 times the rest of the game. That's what they have to do. They ran Tevin Coleman 22 times. Um, they ended up giving, I believe, on 11 snaps, eight touches to Matt Breida, who's been in the doghouse for a couple weeks. They gave most start. Uh, he had 12 touches on around 20 snaps, 23 snaps. So they were running the ball, right? Their running backs ended up accounting for 40 touches to their quarterback throwing 19 times. That is the concern. That can surely happen again as seven-point home favorites if they do indeed get up on the Packers and what Vegas is predicting happens. They lead by a touchdown or more for most of the game and end up winning by a touchdown. I think Jimmy G can well stay below 30 pass attempts. This is the issue that I have with getting away from Patrick Mahomes, even at his price point. Aaron Rodgers, the goal of his offense is to throw 25 to 30 times and just hope the running game keeps you in this game versus San Fran. Jimmy G, the goal of their offense is you have the best run blocking scheme in probably the entire league. Let Jimmy G throw like he did 20 to 25 times last week. Ryan Tannehill, you were surviving on Derrick Henry. Just throw 20 times and do nothing. So I have no interest in Tannehill again, even in a better matchup. He's my fourth ranked quarterback. Um, Number two is Jimmy G, three is Rodgers, and one is Mahomes because what is the way that Mahomes want to play? even if they're ahead like you saw yesterday for the whole second half up 20 Mahomes was still throwing the ball Damian Williams had like two carries three carries in that fourth quarter when they were blowing a team out um so it's it's a spot where it's Mahomes for me that's been a lot of time to pretty much get to that but let's get to running back now For running back, I don't have them ranked yet, but it's pretty clear six guys are in play for me, and that's it. Um, Derrick Henry at the top at 8,700 surely has to be in play here. The only way that they beat Kansas City, who does rank bottom five in run defense, and since the start of last year, ranks uh, the worst in the league if you go all the way back to the start of last year with this personnel and this defensive scheme at the run. Um, Yeah, they rank worst. This is the best matchup Derrick Henry's probably going to have in the playoffs so far. When you factor in New England and Baltimore, we're pretty soft run defenses. They weren't anything elite. Um, Their pass defenses, of course, were great, but soft run defenses. Kansas City, again, pretty average middle of the pack in pass defense and, and pretty bad in run defense, although improving. Chris Jones, their defensive lineman, who's a really good pass uh, pr- pr- pressure rate type of guy for them for sacks, but also a really good run stopper. He missed last week. Track his status. He, if he's out, this is just a great spot for Derrick Henry. It already is. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked to see Derrick Henry not see minimum like bottom of the floor 20 carries probably averages around 25 in the spot and if they're within the game gonna have that 30 carry again for a third straight week so yeah i'm not writing off derrick henry um he is expensive and that's the issue when you have Devontae adams and tyree kill in the slate and travis Kelsey so i think he's in play um he is not my first overall ranked running back he's probably number three behind aaron jones and damien williams Damian Williams had 59 of the 61 Kansas City Chiefs running back snaps last week. Had three touchdowns on 14 touches. He's 7K now. He's expensive, but it's a two-game slate. I do like him. He's probably my second favorite running back this week, if not my favorite. The concerns for me, um, he's somewhere around there. I don't know. The concerns for me are that, look, they only touched the ball. They were like they were down huge, so he only touches the ball 14 times, 12 carries, two receptions. I get that, but he wasn't all that involved, right? Um, This is an offense that doesn't utilize running backs too heavily. It was a one-game sample, though. Tennessee does rank top three against the run in terms of tackling and also run defense. So a concerning matchup, for for sure but just this offense is so elite i'll, I'll take Tim Damien Williams this week Aaron Jones, the concern here is how good this defensive line is for San Fran. Now, they rank 12th in run defense, so they're not great against the run. They just get up on you. Um, and Balaga being healthy is going to be huge here. They could not pull anybody yesterday. They had a backup, um, had backup lineman in who was very much the size of a tight end, uh, and they couldn't pull. They couldn't pull him to try and run misdirections to the left or just sweeps to the left. They couldn't trust anybody to go to the right and prioritize the right side of the line with him. So a lot of Aaron Jones' runs, the first run of the game was to the left, and he broke it for 30 yards. But then they were overloading that side because they just knew that they had an easier matchup on the right side of the um, the line with a backup tight end behind Villago, who's one of the best um, guards in the league at that point. So it's a spot where tackle's in the league. So it's a spot where... It's really difficult to uh, trust Aaron Jones if there's no blogger because it's just him running up the gut and now he should be utilizing the passing game more, you would imagine. But 13 personnel, and three tight ends on the field last night, it's hard to really imagine him being that utilized when you have three tight ends. Any type of play action is going to go to either the one receiver or those three tight ends. So Aaron Jones, too cheap at 6,700. He's definitely in play. Here's the interesting thing. San Francisco running backs. Tevin Coleman had 48.5% of the snaps, 22 touches last week. Just 33.8% of the snaps for most are this quote-unquote workhorse running back. Uh, 50% of the snaps at best were, for, is what I was expecting for this guy. 12 touches. And Matt Breed even had 11 snaps for 8 touches. So they ran. Uh, they, they gave their running backs overall in this one 42 touches. That is insane. Kevin Coleman's 5,700. If you think you get the other, uh, the, the same 20-plus touches on less than 50% of the snaps for Coleman, you better go for it. Um, this Packers run defense did get banged up. They lost Lancaster a defensive tackle. We'll see what his status is yesterday. Um, but Kenny Clark has been fantastic. The run defense has been improving, and you really did see that yesterday, although you're facing 40-year-old pretty much Marshawn Lynch, who people in my mentions on Twitter are saying, there's nobody else out there for them to pick up. Are you kidding me? 34-year-old Marshawn Lynch and there's nobody else? There's anybody else, anybody below the age of 26 that has played in the NFL. Over the last couple of years, below the age of 30, really. I mean, JHI, uh, Cameron Artist Pain. Marcus Murphy, I can keep naming guys. I think Alfred Morris might have been a free agent. I'm not positive. Um, you have Christian Michael, who was on the Seattle team. So, yeah, that's just another story. But Packers Run Defense has been improving. Um, Dean Lowry has been stepping up, and Kenny Clark has just been an absolute force in the middle of that line. That said, this is the best run blocking unit, so they should have success. Tevin Coleman and Mostart are surely in play. The reason that I like Mostart, I mean, he had 12 touches. That's usually what he gets, right? He played 33% of the snaps. He just got outworked and outtouched by Tevin Coleman. But he usually sees 12 to 14 snaps or touches, so it's nothing crazy different from him. He's very effective on his touch touches, he's only 4,300 now. That's very interesting for me because his 33.8% of the snaps, I could very easily see that going back up to 50 and him getting 15, 16 touches. So he usually will see 13, 14 touches or so. 4,300 is a very cheap price tag because I don't think a lot has changed outside of the fact that Coleman just had the better game and got more work. Even if they prioritize that again, I think you still see around 10 touches for most starters as a bottom number. So most and Coleman, definitely secondary interest. Jamal Williams, just nine snaps for two touches. And I have him on here as a maybe because he's 3,800 and the Packers are going to have to get sneaky. They're going to have to get different against the San Francisco 49ers team. Jamal Williams had a very nice second half when they were really just in garbage time throwing from behind. And I think they're going to have to get Williams' passing game skill set, which was a top seven. Uh, Aaron Jones was top five, two guys in the top seven in in pass grading running backs. You're going to have to get them both involved. McCoy only had one snap. Um, Tyler Irvin for the Packers, seven snaps, two touches on end-around type plays. And no real interest in these guys. Matt Breed is interesting. I think you see around six touches for him in this game, maybe five, 3,400. I would rather get to Jamal Williams. My wide receivers now, I don't have any notes yet. That'll be on the final thoughts as well as over on Patreon. You can check that out where a lot more of my content lives. Um, But for here, wide receivers is pretty clear for me. Um, And these are really good options. Devontae Adams, 160 yards, Packers franchise record, two touchdowns in that one. He was just cooking Trey Flowers left and right. He even cooked Shaq Griffin at some points. This matchup, he'll avoid Richard Sherman, who's on the left side of the field a lot and has been playing very well as of late. I mean, this year and really since the Achilles he has been playing in elite, uh, probably arguably the best cornerback in the league up there with the Gilmores of the world and the Tredavious Whites. So Adams in this matchup, will probably see Witherspoon on the right side of the field. That's a matchup that Adams will win. Adams will win in a matchup against Witherspoon. Antoine Witherspoon, the problem is they're probably going to just say double team Adams because that's all they had in the last game. When they stopped Aaron Jones in the last game, he had like 22 carries for 60 yards. Adams was legitimately the only reason the Packers held on to that victory. Um, Rodgers was trusting him and Rodgers was dropping dimes to him, but trusting him on every single play. 7,900 is an expensive price point. You pretty much start prioritizing him over Derrick Henry at that point, And that's where it starts to become tricky for me. Um, but in this individual matchup against Witherspoon, move him in the slot against Kwame Williams. That's a fine matchup for Adams. It's a really good spot. Tyreek Hill at 7,200 gets injured in the last game, track his status, but any matchup here for Tyreek is fantastic. Probably his best game in his career that I personally went back and watched the tape on, watched it live against Tennessee earlier in the season. He was just bouncing off the of defenders, having those deep plays. I think he ended up with like 140, 150 plus yards. That was the game that Tennessee ends up winning. 35-32, if I remember correctly. Missed field goal at the end for Kansas City to try and send it to overtime. Um, blocked field goal slash punt, I believe it was, for Kansas City as well, or Tennessee getting that. So very interesting game. We'll see the replay this weekend. I do prefer this week. Um, it's really tough, but if Tyreek is 100% healthy, I'll take Tyreek to Adams this week. I said that's the same thing last week. I had them projected very similar, so I was just taking the one that was at that point, a little bit lower in price. Now, a decent price difference here, but don't get this twisted as I think Tyreek's better. If I end up listing Tyreek as my number two overall wide receiver or one this week, it's going to be Adams right there as well. The guy that just criminally priced is AJ Brown. $5,200 AJ Brown will get some Rashad Breland, will get some Tradavius Ward this weekend. Both of those matchups are completely fine for Brown. And yes, the, the issue is that uh, Tannehill might throw for 20 times and only another 70 yards, and AJ Brown's sitting there with 40 yards and three catches, but he's 5200 He's no longer 7K, he's no longer 6,500, and he's no longer in matchups against New, the New England secondary or the Baltimore Ravens secondary. He's facing a Kansas City Chiefs secondary that ranks around middle of the pack. This is a really good spot for A.J. Brown. If anything, I would expect in this game that, based on the past two offenses that they've played, not high-powered offenses, that Tennessee actually gets forced to throw more on this one finally, right? I don't want to f- focus on the recency bias of, no, they're just going to throw on 30 times again. No, this is the best passing offense in the entire league. In the past two weeks, you've got a very bad offense in New England, very bad offense in New England, and the best run offense in Baltimore, so not a good passing offense there. Now you get the best pass offense. This would be the week that Tannehill has to throw it 25 to 30 times, and if that's the case, you're going to get around probably 8 to 10 targets for A.J. Brown, and he's just criminally priced at this point. Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel. I prefer Sanders for $600 less. He'll go into the slot, get some Tremont Williams. Debo Samuel on the outside probably sees a lot of Jair Alexander, who balled out yesterday for the Packers. Um, He was on the outside against DK at times and had a really good game and one-on-one coverage for a guy who was less than like almost six, seven inches shorter than him, 50, 60 pounds less than him. So he looked good. Debo at 5,500 is not a bad play by any means. That's still a fair price point. I just will give the edge to Sanders for the better matchup, $600 less. I think these guys end up seeing around like five, six targets apiece each. Samuels will be more downfield, but I think um, Sanders will have um, more red zone upside as well as just more consistency and really um, upside in, in terms of target conversion catch percentage. Sammy Watkins at 4,600 had a nice game last night, ended up having a couple of big plays. They used him on ending rounds. It was nice to see that. I'm wondering if it was just due to some of the injuries to one Kelsey, but also Tyreek Hill being banged up. You saw him utilize more than he has been really over the past couple of weeks, probably month, month and a half, but he's 4,600. Price comes up $300 for a really good matchup against Tennessee. The problem is it's a really good matchup if they put him on the outside like they were doing a lot yesterday, but he's also was in the slot a lot, and he's been their primary slot receiver this year, and Logan Ryan in the slot's a borderline Uh, pro bowler this year so a really tough matchup for Sammy Watkins I imagine he ends up being chalky I'd rather have Emmanuel Sanders in this spot I had uh, Sammy Watkins last week I had a lot of interest in him he ended up doing very well for us at his price point Um, but this week against Logan Ryan that's a tough spot Keep in mind, this is Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, but that is a really tough spot. Kendrick Bourne had the early touchdown, didn't do much after that because they just didn't pass much after that. They threw 13 times after that, mainly throwing it to Kittle and Debo Samuel and a few targets to Sanders. So Kendrick Bourne now priced up $500 to $4,200. We'll have a tough matchup in the slot when he's on the field for his 15 or so routes run. So I have slight interest because there's not a lot of options, but just know that if he has any ownership on him at all, not that great interest. Corey Davis, I'm finally doing it. I finally of interest. is a two-game slate. He's $4,000, and he's not facing Baltimore, and where he would face Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys. He's not facing New England, where he faced J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. He's facing Tennessee, where he is probably, or he's facing Kansas City, where he's probably going to get uh, Chardavius Ward, some Rashad Breland. Those are fine matchups for him. They're not great matchups. I think those are still negative matchups for his skill set and the connection that he's had with Tannehill and the way this offense rolls in general. But at $4,000, he's the cheapest that I would go at wide receiver this week. Alan Lazare got hurt last week, but even in the matchup against San Fran, similar to how he was sacrificed to Shaq Griffin's side of the field a lot this past week before he got hurt. If he's healthy, he'll be sacrificed to Richard Sherman. No thank you. McCole harman was getting active they use him on some end rounds at 3800 i do think McCole Harmon is interesting you're pretty much betting on him never playing in cash in this spot but you're betting on him to have that big play upside right that 45 yard uh, touchdown that end round for 35 yards it is like the one bullet that you're trying to hit on with McCole Harmon, and it's not going to happen often so at 3800 just know that he's not going to make my interest right now but there's a good chance in the final thoughts he does Geronimo allison For his skill set against Kwame Williams in the slot, he's going to get shut down. Um, You saw him have a really big catch on that to start that third down to start the final drive for the Packers that ended up icing it. Uh, But $3,700, no thank you. Um, He's going to see three, four targets at most in the slot. And I would be really surprised if he does much with those more than like a one, two catch for 15, 20 yards. MVS ended up getting on the field yesterday, mainly because Alan Lazard was hurt. He ended up, I think, catching a ball for like eight yards. Finally caught a ball, right? Um, No interest there. If Alan Lazard is out, maybe, but no interest. Khalif Raymond had the 45-yard touchdown. He's going to run like, Six, eight routes. You're, you have Falouki with the forty-yard, forty-five-yard touchdown. Don't chase it. The Marcus Robinson, two drops in the last game. Pretty much got benched for Hardman at that point, and more and more Watkins on the outside. Um, Going to run a decent amount of routes. Just doesn't see targets. No thank you. Jay kumuru played probably around ten or so snaps last night. Uh, no thank you there. Tajay Sharp ends up playing around ten snaps out of the slot. Not much upside. Adam Humphreys I'll keep on here. Keep an eye on if Adam Humphreys finally plays. Hasn't played in about two months now. But if he does play, he's three thousand dollars and will be in the slot in an okay matchup. Against Fuller, Uh, Tyron Matthew, the honey honey badger, has been playing in the slot lately, though, and that's a really bad spot. Um, So eight players on here of interest of mine. Maybe you can get Harmon at number nine, but I think there's some pretty clear cutoffs. Um, Debo Samuel is the one who's a maybe for me right now that is the closest to being in my top five. If I had to rank this for you right now, uh, in terms of my interest, it would be one Hill, two Adams, three Brown, four Sanders, five Samuel. Um, And then it's just off off the top of my head. We'll come back to it, um, breaking down matchups and more and breaking up really lineup construction in the final thoughts. Finally, for tight ends here, I'll blow this up. So it's a little bit bigger for everybody watching at home. For the tight ends here, you have the two elite tight ends. We had it last week as well. We didn't have much from Kittle because they just threw 19 times and 13 times after their opening drive. You had the huge game for Travis Kelsey. If you did not play Travis Kelsey last week, that hurts. Um, last week I ended up having George Kittle and Travis Kelsey as 95% of my exposures. And on this two game slate, it's probably going to be 100%. Um, $7,100 Travis Kelsey, you have to prioritize this week. He's no longer cheap. They were both in the low six game range last week. You should be trying to prioritize Kelsey and Kittle this week because, like last week, one of them just one of them had to go off. If you had them both in your lineups or just one of them in your lineups, and you had a lot of Kelsey and Kittle, you saw Kittle go for 40. Now, that's not probably going to happen again, but they both have the 30-plus point upside. They both have 20-plus point upside, and they're going to project out for around 18 to 20 fantasy points for me. The other guys on this list, Jimmy Graham, Jonu Smith, Blake Bell, Mercedes Lewis, these other tight ends they're probably going to project out for around six or seven fantasy points. So when the other two tight ends in the slate are projected for more than double and close to triple the fantasy points of everybody else, yeah, they'll be the only guys that I end up owning. Travis Kelsey, I prefer over George Kittle this week. Kelsey is $1,300 more expensive though. So for pure points, I prefer Kelsey. When it comes down to point per dollar and how much exposure I get, probably just going to get to more Kittle because he's $1,300 cheaper, similar upside. And keep in mind, Green Bay, much worse. And really, Tennessee is not great against tight ends, but especially guys like Kelsey, but Green Bay, terrible against tight ends. Uh, Jacob Hollister did not have a huge game last night. He had an okay game for Jacob Hollister's standards, Um, but historically for the last two three seasons and definitely the last two under Mike Patton and this specific season, not good against tight ends at all. You can go back and check really any of the numbers. George Kittle last time out there uh, ended up on a broken foot or some sort of broken bone in his ankle. Um, Ended up having a huge game against the Packers and really just three quarters of play for him. So prefer right now if I had to rank it for you point per dollar wise, uh, one Kittle, two Kelsey. Honestly, after that, I don't have any interest in these guys. But for the sake of everybody watching this, I will go three Jonu Smith, four Jimmy Graham, and then nothing after that. So that's where I'm at right now. Titans pretty simple for me this week. Kittle's pretty cheap. Kelsey's just got the upside. Those guys stand out. So. Thank you for tuning into this video. I really do appreciate it. This is the NFC-AFC Championship first look DraftKings DFS picks type of video. Looking at it for the first time. We're going to come back probably Thursday or Friday with the final thoughts. I'll have showdown breakdowns for each of these. I will be live on Sunday before these games start as well. Whole spiel for all of this who ends up going to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in this whole entire season. We're not done yet. Check out my NBA videos and PGA will be out tomorrow as well. I'm going to continue to cover all these sports. I love doing this. Thank you all so much for the support. Check out Patreon if you want that exclusive content. Check out drafters.com. Promo code SAL100 for 100% deposit match up to $50. Thank you. Subscribe button before you leave. Audio version, hit that subscribe button and the five-star rating review. You all rock. Peace out, gang.